Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Nagachi race. This is part of our race overview series where we go over all the possible player races. And right now, we're on the uncommon races. Christian Nagaji. Uh, am I saying this right? Do you have any clue? I don't have a clue. I say Nagaji. Nagaji. All right. This is I'm one sure where offending I am, somebody's. <laughs> I have no strong feelings about this pronunciation. It's really a word I've never, ever seen before. But these guys are a reptilian race. Now, we've seen one reptilian race so far in the kobolds? Correct. We have, which were small lizard-like guys. The Nagaji kind of carve out their own little niche, though. These are sort of more akin to the the sort of cat folk first off you know they're, they're the medium creatures but they uh they look a lot like humans they're bipedal of course and they their face shape is a lot more human doesn't have like the snake face and maw uh it's borrowing a lot more from their human ancestors unlike the kobolds who definitely like their face is definitely very dragon-like these guys don't have like a snake head there's actually a completely different uh, race called serpent folk which aren't player races but are a bestiary race that look like serpents even have a tail these guys not so much so the nagaji are a race of ophidian humanoids with scaled skin that mimics the dramatic appearance of true nagas like serpents they have forked tongues and lidless eyes giving them an unblinking gaze that most other races find unnerving their physical forms are otherwise human-like raising wary speculation about their origins and you know what else is interesting, Christian? I just kind of just noticed this. Aside from the merfolk, it is the only race in the book that is depicted naked. There's no clothes on this Nagaji in the book. At least the merfolk had like this gauntlets. Picture, Caleb, <laughs> in the advanced race guide. So I got I got to uh, to say right off the bat, I'm a very visual person. Uh, I think we saw this last week with the merfolk, which, in a mechanical sense, you really didn't like. And I'm like, I can overlook all that because I think they look super cool. Looking cool is a big part of whether or not I'll pick a race. I'll suffer with mechanics if I think they look cool. I will never, or I should at least say I have never, played a race that didn't look cool to me. I, I just avoided it. I, I refused to do it. So this is already a big turnoff to me, which is we, we're not you – know, it should be up my ally. What's that? An animal folk type person. That should really hit me up more. But um, they just look – it's just too – I can't explain it, Christian – it's just not It's not doing it for me. The Serpent Folk definitely do it more for me than these dudes. I'm agreeing with you with the picture that we're seeing in the book of, like, this thing from the swamp that is, actually looks like a 1940s horror film ripoff of some kind. Um, but well, I will say they drew the scales well. I'll give the artist that. I'd say look up other pictures of it, too, because I see them more as, like, uh, more like reptilian. I don't know. That is not as... I don't really have the words for it, either. That I, I, think, I, I think that picture's just rather polarizing. <laughs> Other pictures that are coming up on Google have the serpent face, the serpent folk in a tail, which is which is an, a completely different race. Yeah, it's weird. It's definitely weird. But let's 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 move on uh, beyond this. Let's talk about these guys a little bit more. There's debate about their origins. That's kind of they want to have an air of mystery about their origins. Were they created by the true Naga to be servants? Was it through breeding? Was it through magic? Everybody's like, look at you, a little weird, because it's like I think you did your did your parents have sex with a snake? That's really weird, bro. Bro, that's really weird. I don't want to judge, but I'm just gonna say, why don't you stay over there? That's what they're kind of doing in their. And they should they should hire me to write these background things because I just said that far more interesting than they did in the book. <laughs> they're um, adults at 20 years old. They are middle aged at 60, old at 90, venerable 120, 
and their maximum age is 180 years old. Christian, this is a unique age range. There is no other creature that has this exact range. The closest one to this is half-elf, and it's only off by a couple. Like middle age, they're 62. Oh, oh, oh. They're old at 93. Venerable 125. They can live up to 185 years old. It's just like very minimal differences. I don't know why they decided to do that, but these guys get their own race uh, uh, age spread. It was like they're having a very immature fight. Like, how old do you live till? Well, I live till 91. <laughs> I like this fiction you've created where like this is that doesn't reflect their real age because it's because it's inflated from arguments. <laughs> they're between five foot and six foot two. Oh, wow. And weigh between 194 and 320 pounds. They, wow, why are they so heavy? Uh, I guess because snakes are heavy. Listen, I own a snake and he's, he's heavy for his size. I'm like, what, what is in you? What's, what's going on in here, buddy? But we've talked, we've talked so much about their appearance, which really is something that you can easily skin. Uh, 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 uh. So let's, why don't we get to the stats, the things that you really can't change, the things that make up this character in-game. Let, let's shed their skin? Is it... Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. Got it. Nailed it. Nagaji are strong and have forceful personalities, but tend to ignore logic and mock scholastic pursuits. They gain plus two strength, plus two charisma, and minus two intelligence. I really like the reasoning behind that stat spread. Not a great stat spread, unfortunately. There's not many things that benefit from both strength and charisma and are like, yeah, I'll totally take one less skill point per level, because the first thing that comes to mind is Paladin. And Paladin gets two skill points per level. What this brings to my mind is something that was in their little one-paragraph description. They said that they are feared because they are they have a talent either for swords or sorcery, which I think they just wanted that set those those words in there, swords and sorcery. So I said, we'll just hide it here in this paragraph. I caught it, Paizo. I got what you're you're doing here. Okay, can't get that by me. But this would be good for either. If you want to be a sorcerer, there's your charisma. If you want to use swords, use your strength for your swords. But uh, it's sort of, sort of mutually exclusive. Where the point is, like, if I am, if I am a fighter, I don't know if I'll be using that charisma much. And if I am a sorcerer, well, I guess I will be using the strength for touch attacks. They are medium creatures. They are humanoids with the reptilian subtype. The reptilian subtype states that they are scaly and usually cold-blooded, and it does not ever describe monsters or animals, just humanoid races. So cold-blooded. Okay, that's interesting. I wonder if we'll see things other in their stats to talk about that. But that immediately opens up some cool role-playing things, I think. Already, as much as we don't like uh, some of the way the artist has depicted them, they got scales, which is kind of interesting. The, the, the lidless eyes that never blink, and they're cold-blooded. I really could I could do some cool role-playing with this. And the fork tons, I also like that. So like, there's some of this. I could skin this to make this work. But anyway, uh, they have a base speed of 30 feet. They begin play speaking both common and draconic. Nagaji with high intelligence score can pick any human tongue, abyssal, aklo, celestial, draconic, giant, infernal, and sylvan. It's a pretty big list. I'm guessing some of those fit with nagas, especially because I'm seeing celestial and infernal. I'm not quite sure why that's there. They have a trait called armored scales. They get a plus one natural armor bonus from their scaly flesh. They have resistant. They receive a plus two racial saving throw bonus against both mind affecting effects and poison pretty good the poison makes sense uh thematically the mind affecting effects is really good because typically that would be like against enchantment spells but this is anything that's mind affecting right very broad 
If there's a joke in there about broads and how they affect the people's minds, I just can't. I'm not smart enough to grab it there, but I'll let you listeners at home. You come up with your own joke. Serpent Sense. They receive a plus two bonus on handle animal checks against reptiles and a plus two racial bonus on perception checks. Continuing the trend that if you're not a human, you get a bonus on perception checks. I don't really, you know, snakes aren't really well known for their great eyesight. As a matter of fact, they're, most of them are well known for their poor eyesight. So I don't know where they're getting this from. Uh, don't they sense the vibrations in the ground or something? Sure, but not eyesight. Oh, I guess perception check is all the senses. Yeah, it's everything, Caleb. Never it's smell, mind, you're it's right. It's taste. Right. A little tongue They taste in the, the air. air with their tongues. Yeah, yeah I, I understand. They, see, how they, they taste you coming. I understand the basic anatomy of snakes. I can taste your fear. <laughs> Nagaji have low light vision, allowing them to see twice as far as humans in conditions of dim light. So nothing in the base too exciting for me. They're pretty, I want to say just basic. Nothing super flavorful. Um, the armored scales for their scales, a little bit of poison resistance. They can handle reptiles okay. But I'm not like, I'm not super excited about it. Mm. So it's just a lot, a lot of flat numbers here. I agree. So far, the most interesting things came from their background description and their subtype, which usually really doesn't mean much. But let's see what their alternate racial trait has to say. Hypnotic gaze. The Nagaji's gaze is so intense, it stops others in their tracks. Once per day, it can attempt to hypnotize a single target as per the spell hypnoticism. Hypnoticism. Hypn- hip- the DC of this effect is equal to 11 plus the Nakaji's Charisma modifier. The effects of the Hypnotic Gaze only last a single round. This replaces Serpent Sense. Now that sounds neat, but why doesn't the DC scale with level in any way? It's just 11 plus your Charisma modifier. That's not hard to resist. Yeah, unless you're a, a sorcerer, which is probably going to have access to better spells. Uh, how good is Hypnoticism? I don't really know much about this. It's a level one spell. Hypnotism. It's a close range spell. Hypnotism. Hypnotism. Of course, hypnotism. Ugh. I'm sorry. What you were saying? Words. <laughs> it's a close range spell, so it's like around thirty feet. Um, it affects several peop- uh, living creatures, but none can be more than thirty feet apart. It lasts two d four rounds. Your gestures and droning and incantation fascinate nearby creatures, causing them to stop and stare blankly at you. In addition, you can use the rapt attention to make your suggestions and requests seem more plausible. Roll 2d4 to see how many total HD of creatures you affect. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna, this is only going to be helpful early on, whereas I think uh, Serpent Sense is going to be helpful further down the campaign trail. Ooh, it's even worse, because if you use the spell in combat, everyone gets a plus two on their saving throw. Gross. Not, so not, it's not super... Even I like the idea of it. The thematic, obviously, of the snake, kind of like its movements, how even humans have been able to sort of... Uh, I don't know if the word, this may be too strong of a word, but bond with snakes and able to sort of hypnotize them. And of course, there's the thing about using music. There's the whole thing about that. Uh, the picture like in Aladdin, they're coming out of a basket. Uh, okay, the theme's good, but I don't think they realized it very well. It's, it's just mechanically kind of weak, I think. I, I understand that like a spell that affects multiple people and kind of stuns them, quote unquote, is something powerful, but it's only once a day. It's only really a level one spell. Uh, that's disappointing. And is is that their only racial trait? Their alternate racial trait? Correct. Wow. Okay. I'm super disappointed so far. These guys, uh, like most, of, I shouldn't say most, several of the races and a lot of the uncommon races weren't further supported. They get one thing, though, from the inner sea race guide, and that is another racial trait. So uh, I guess they saw that and said, we got to throw it in somewhere. But they aren't supported anywhere else, to my knowledge. 
Their favorite class options are Alchemist, Fighter, Monk, and Summoner. They're all very uninteresting. That What is interesting is that Sorcerer isn't in there, which I thought the Charisma was kind of leaning me towards. Is Summoner based off of Charisma? Yes, they are. Okay. Um, I think the Alchemist one might be unique. Yeah, the, the Alchemist one is wholly unique. It is for every time you take this favorite class option, you get a plus one bonus on craft alchemy checks to craft poison, and you add one third to the DC of poisons that you create. Uh, with a minus two to your intelligence modifier and Nagashi eschewing scholastic studies, Alchemist is kind of hard to justify, but that's a really strong one. Yeah, definitely. This is this is unique and interesting. Hey, Christian, can I talk to you aside for a second? Away from the class. We'll be right back, class. Christian, you can't contradict me in front of the class. Yeah, they're here to learn. I just oh, 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 you're going to put their learning above my ego? Is that what you're going to do? Sorry. We'll talk about this after. We're talking about this after. All right, we're back, guys, and totally still friends. Next is uh, their archetypes. They have one, of course, which is the Naga Aspirant. Uh, this actually takes up the bulk of the pages that they're the two page spread that the Nagaji are given. Uh, so I just want to talk briefly about it just a little more than we usually do since it takes up so much space. Uh, this is a for the Druid, and the Naga Aspirant allows them to sort of become true Naga. Even their level 20 thing has them transform into Naga to the point where it's not like I can just transform back and forth like some of the archetype lets them do. It makes it, no, this is now your true form. And you can go back if you want to the other one at will, but... Psh- your true form now is you are a Naga. And it allows the, the person to, when they transform, to transform into Naga, gives them some spells that are sort of themed around Nagas, things like that. So let's talk about their feet. Another single feat. Let's hope it's a good one. Their one feat is called Spit Venom. So this one's very thematic. Let's see what it does. You have mastered the Nagaji warrior technique of spinning venom into your opponent's eyes. No special prerequisite, just be a Nagaji. As a full round action, you can sit... As a full round action, you can spit poison up to 10 feet as a ranged touch attack. If you hit, the target must make a successful fortitude save or be blinded for 1d6 rounds. The DC of the save is 10 plus 1 half your hit dice plus your constitution modifier. You can use this ability once per day plus 1 additional time per day for every 3 hit dice you have. What a lovely feat. It scales well, it's kind of strong but not super strong. I really like this. And it's thematic. I actually, I really think it's really cool. And 1d6 rounds is great. They have one magic item, the Nagaji Scale Polish. The small clay urn contains a scintillating paste, which works like imbue with spell ability, except the spell effect is not limited to cleric spells. Any caster may cast spells into the jar. The creature that applies the paste to its scales, a standard action, Gains the ability to cast the imbued spells, assuming it has enough hit dice and the requisite ability scores. Only a reptilian creature, such as a dragon or a humanoid with the reptilian subtype, can use the polish to cast spells. It's 1,400 gold. What is very interesting about this is this is one of the few racial magical items that really can only be used with this race. It's very limited. I think that's really cool. That's a great item to use as a player. Granted, you have someone else to imbue the spells on. It's a great item to use as a GM if you have scaled player character um, to give them spell-like abilities. Granted, they don't already have them or just a way to expand their repertoire of their arsenal. I think this is a really cool one. It's relatively cheap for the effect. It's 1,400 gold for what is effectively a level 3 spell. It does take some stars aligning, though, if you're going to get this from one of your fellow players, because you have to have the the, you know, the ability score. But I think as a GM, you ha- it's much easier to give this to him as a reward. They find it, and oh, look, I, it happens to have a spell that my ability score is strong in. 
I mean, for the fighter, this would be pretty useless because all the spell casting is not going to use strength at dex. <laughs> and any spell that's going to use an int of plus one might not be so great. But they do have that charisma modifier. That's true. Which, if you're anything like me, you'll dump to zero <laughs> and bring up the rest if you're a fighter. That's the Nagaji, Christian. How do you feel about him? Uh, I'm mostly, honestly, disappointed. I think this race has suffered a lot from only having the two-page spread. There's just not a lot here. What is here is okay, just like I said, I, I'm someone that looks mostly toward the mechanics to define how they act in the world, and their mechanics are just kind of boring. It's just a lot of plus ones, plus twos, and low light vision, and that's really all they get. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. The only things interesting here are their backgrounds and stuff, and it's the kind of stuff that I say, hey, I want to do this, let's create a race. For example, oh, I want to be a minotaur. Now let's make some stats so that I can be a Minotaur. I want to be a snake person. Let's make some stats so I can be a snake person. Uh, this is not what I want for that to work. Sorry. So unfortunately, I, I didn't give this one a skip. However, I will say that uh, if – I think this is redeemable only in that their archetype really brings them into something their own. And it's not their racial types or their traits. I'm sorry. It's not their racial traits or – Favorite class options, or their feats, okay, but even their feats, that'll do it for me. It has to be this archetype would be the only reason I really consider doing these guys. And I'm not really interested in being a Naga. Naga just, I don't know, they look weird to me. Well, that's the Naga gene. Next up is the Sam Sarens. Christian, you said this was one that you were looking forward to. Yes, the Sam Sarens, I think, are a mostly wholly original idea and a very unique race overall. They're an entire race of reincarnating beings that retain some of their memories from their past lives mm. they have very interesting mechanics they have an interesting stat spread and i'm pretty excited to talk about them all right i'm interested in seeing how they work out thank you all for listening class is dismissed pathfinder academy is part of the trailblazer network for other great pathfinder podcasts visit our site tblazer.net want to get in touch you can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just trying to find some eggs at this Easter egg hunt. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can listen to Trailblazers on this very feed. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, eat some chocolate bunnies, exchange baskets of candy, grab some dice, and join us. Man, Christian, I can't wait to hatch one of these suckers and get my very own dragon. Caleb, you know these are plastic, right? They're just filled with chocolate. Wait, what? Hey, Danny, do you want to play some D&D tonight? Oh, I can't. My parrot's going to have open-heart surgery again. That sucks. Yeah, it's going to be super boring. Hang in there, Danny. She'll pull through. But remember, when you can't play, listen. At Tales from the Lich, we do our best to provide an immersive RPG play session with an ever-expanding library. 
When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com